Welcome to this Thanksgiving week edition of the Rich Eisen podcast presented by Papa John's. So much to talk about here uh, in week number 12 of the National Football League. We'll dial up Joe Buck, the lead voice of the NFL on Fox. He will be calling the Super Bowl this year. And uh, if this podcast sounds any different, it's because I'm, I'm doing it from league headquarters in New York. I'm completely surrounded by management, and I am flouting the wardrobe policy here at the, uh, the NFL uh, where, you know, I'm, I'm dressed in jeans and, and, a, and a sneaker type looking thing. And, and I'm dressed like it's casual Friday, but that's the way you dress in Southern California when you go to the office. So I'm, I'm flouting the rules. Uh, and, and thankfully, I've got Peter King on the phone right now to back me up on this play, Peter. Well, you'll never, guess how I, you'll never guess how I'm dressed. Uh-oh. Uh, uh, I would ask you to text me a picture, but that would be a problem, <laughs> certainly from where I'm currently sitting. That would be an issue. Well, I, I'm just... I'm, uh, you know, I'm I'm a lot more informal than you. It's a, it's, <laughs> you're you know, it's a you're great wearing Crocs thing. on. You, please tell me you're not wearing Crocs. That's all I. That's no, all I want to know. No, okay, Rick, good. I'll tell you, when you work out of your house, it's the greatest yeah. thing in the world. You don't have to get dressed. You don't have to <laughs> shave. You know what you can do too? You can yeah. work out. You can go to the gym right down the street. You can work out, and when you get home, you don't even have to shower. Mm. As long That's as a... the smell is not too overwhelming. <laughs> <laughs> Telecommuting, telecommuting is a fantastic thing in this new millennium, and and thankfully, you, you know, it is a great thing that you're able to do that. I'm on the I'm on the phone right now, obviously with one of the lead information men uh, in in the NFL, a member of the Pro Football Hall of Fame, for that particular role. Uh, his uh, Monday morning quarterback column on SI.com is a must. Reed Peter, it's a thrill to have you on the podcast, certainly with all that's going on. And, and I don't even know where to start with you, because with Minnesota, obviously, that, that's a huge story when a coach gets fired. But that, that event was the biggest event uh, in this whole process. That's sort of the main event, if you will, the firing the coach. With Tennessee, it seems to me that the main event with that drama has now been pushed six weeks or maybe eight weeks into the distance so, so I, I don't even know which one to start with. Which one do you think well, is, is the biggest story? Let's, let's start with Minnesota because I think okay. it has some legs going forward here. I think the biggest thing about the Minnesota story is, you know, twofold. I, I think we all felt that Brad Childers probably wasn't going to last there. But now I think, Rich, the biggest question there, I mean, look, Brett Favre has got six more weeks left there. If for some reason he gets it in his mind, next july that he wants scott hansen waiting out the gates of, in hattiesburg and he wants ed word or rachel nichols there to keep him company um you know he can certainly do that but i don't believe there's any chance it'll be in minnesota next year so now you ask yourself this question you know can leslie frazier do enough to keep the job and i believe the quest the answer is absolutely yes because mm-hmm. i think more and more owners are going to look at their teams in this coming off season and say why am I going to make a big change right now? Because whoever we bring in to make this big change with may not even have his first team meeting until August 29th. And, you know, because they, you're not going to be able to have any organized team activities during, the, during whatever lockout there is. Uh, you know, so, you know, I, I, that's why I think Jason Garrett's got a good shot. I think, Brett, I think uh, Leslie Frazier has a good shot. Um, who knows? Maybe Mike Zimmer uh, has a good shot in Cincinnati. I mean, you don't know if they make a coaching change. So I think, th- I think that's the one thing. And then the second thing is, what does Leslie Frazier do for the last six weeks of this season with Brett Favre? I spoke with him this morning, and he said that uh, clearly Favre, he feels, gives them the best chance to win. 
He's going to put his best 11 players out there on both sides of the ball that give him the best chance to win. And I got the feeling that if Favre plays well, that he may quarterback this thing out, even if they're out of it. So that's it, that is, just, that's I, I the gotta, next story. I do as much as I love Favre, and as much as as he is provided in the thrill department. Is he really the best quarterback moving forward? Is Tavares Jackson well, that you know, bad? Rich, because Favre you know, has been one. Of, let's be honest, he has been one of the worst efficient. Yeah, and, and, no question and, and, and about ball it. Ball controlling quarterback in the NFL this year. He's, he's been but, well but here, off. But here's the question, okay? If you are Leslie Frazier, and you have six weeks to win this job, to earn yeah. this job, okay? Now you have to say, okay, am I going to do what's best for the Vikings in 2011? Or and and I because I've got to tell you something. I think that the owner of this team wants to win as many games as he can the rest of this year. And I think Leslie Frazier is motivated to win as many games as he can the rest of this year. So that's why I think that, I mean, if Brad Childress was ensconced in this job and knew that no matter what happened, he was going to have this job in 2011, I think he'd feel a lot better about taking the last three games of the year, throwing them out the door and saying, okay, let's see if Tavares Jackson can play you know, the way we think he should, let's give him this. But that's why I think that, um, you know, it's we have to wait and see. I mean, if Favre doesn't play well, it'll make it easy for Frazier. But I think if Favre plays well, they beat Washington and Buffalo, I think there's a chance he'll play it out. Well, it seems to me that the streak is, is an issue here. I mean, because the last thing I guess Leslie Frazier wants the minute he takes the job is his first job is to break the streak by benching him and starting a young guy in Tavares Jackson, that that would just put so much heat that you don't need. I mean, right now he's See, doing the right think, thing, I, which is he just you know needs what? to make I, live on an island right now. I would disagree. I don't think, uh, I don't think that uh, I don't think the streak is going to be an issue. It might be an issue for 10 minutes. It might have a discussion. But at the end of the day, if they lose the next two games and they got sitting there with nine losses with four games to go, and he and Ziggy Wilf and Rick Spielman and Rob Brzezinski say we got to go forward uh, and see and do the best thing we can for 2011, and if it's unanimous, the streak's going to go by the wayside. I can tell you that right now. Uh huh. Let, and let, last question on this before we move forward to Tennessee. Why? Why now? Why did Childress get the axe now? I mean, if 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 he was because surviving, the owner was embarrassed. Because, well, I mean, the owner was embarrassed. What's more embarrassing than having a star player cut without being told? I mean, that's well, the that most was, embarrassing that thing. That was strike two. You know, playing crummy so far this year was strike one. The Randy Moss thing was strike two. And, Rich, I think that maybe this didn't happen sooner because Randy Moss, after the New England game, basically called out Childress to the owner in an audible way in the locker room saying this guy doesn't deserve to be the coach in essence. Um, so, you know, as much as maybe Wilf was angry about it, he was also angry at what Moss did. So, uh, you know, look, I, I, I will just say this. I think that... I think that um, the reason why you make a coaching change is, is why Jerry Jones fired Wade Phillips when he did, because it was absolutely embarrassing two weeks in a row. Right. And, and so I think, and I think that's why this owner did it right now. He was totally embarrassed. 
Let's move to Tennessee, which is Randy Moss's new team now, and he's had uh, what, zero catches so far, or one, one. and and, one. and right, and so uh, with Vince Young and and Jeff Fisher, uh, you spoke with Fisher the night of uh, the incident uh, in which uh, Vince Young. Uh, left the locker room. Jim Wyatt of the Tennessean, one of the best beat writers in the business, saying that he told uh, Fisher, I'm not walking out on my teammates, I'm walking out on you, and then left the building. Now, it seems that Bud Adams is going to have to make a decision between a coach and, and his star quarterback. Is that, is that the, the, the best reading of the tea leaves on this situation? Yeah, I mean, I think what it's going to come down to here is um, Bud Adams, who, you know, Rich, Bud Adams is very distant from this team right now and it's easy for me to say I'm distant from the team too I'm in Boston there in Nashville right. but I don't think that Bud Adams has a great feel for what's going on on this team the way he did he used to when the team when uh, you know when they were the Oilers and they were in Houston he was around more um, the, the 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 Vince Young he loves doesn't exist anymore that's the guy who played great and was a great leader and a, and a uh, you know and a charismatic guy in Austin, you know, at the University of Texas. You know, he's had some really shining moments, some good moments in Tennessee, but never with any consistency. And then he'll do something like he did the other night, um, where he'll just be a distraction to the whole team. He will totally embarrass the coach in front of the team. Uh, you know, you just you can't have that. And so after a while, you have to say. What are we running here? Are we running a sideshow, or are we running a football team? The Tennessee Titans have to get rid of uh, have to get rid of Vince Young, in my opinion, unless the coach says, unless the owner says, "Hey, I've had enough of this coach. Let's bring in some coaching poobah who can handle quarterbacks. Let's bring in John Gruden uh, and and see if he can handle this guy." But again, Rich, I, I just say to you again that no matter who no matter who is brought in to Tennessee or who coaches. With the labor situation in 2011, there's a good chance that coaches are not going to be able to work with quarterbacks until the CBA, until a new CBA is reached. If there's any quarterback in the league who would need overtime <laughs> right. with, a, with a new coach and a new coaching staff and a new system, it would be Vince Young. If he brings in a new coach with a new offense, I can guarantee you this, and he insists that Vince Young is the quarterback – 2011 absolutely positively will be a wasted year for the Titans. My goodness gracious, because it just strikes me that that's pie in the sky that Bud Adams would say, well, these two guys are just going to have to work it out. I mean, because it's pie just not going to I mean, because for him to just sit there and say, well, these two guys are going to have to work it out, it, it seems an irre irreconcilable, even though, as Deion Sanders points out on, on game day all the time, Vince Young saved Jeff Fisher's job twice that two times Fisher was on the rocks because of the way the, the team was headed, and then Vince Young comes out and boom, takes the team to the playoffs one year, and then in last year, darn near takes them to the playoffs after an 0-6 hole. So it's just a, what is what is Jeff Fisher's main issue with Vince Young, if you can boil it down for, for fans who are wondering why he cannot coexist with this quarterback outside of what happened this past Sunday. I think they've been over backwards as a coaching staff to try to – make sure that Vince Young un understands the offense and uh, Vince Young knows that he's got the support of this team. But I think, Rich, I think that the coaching staff, and this is not just Jeff Fisher, I think the coaching staff feels that Vince Young is a 9-5 to quarterback. And uh, especially when you're behind the eight ball a little bit and maybe you don't know the offense as well as the backup quarterbacks do, you've got to spend some extra time. 
if you're hurt and you got a bad ankle and you got a bye week, well, you know, you've got the responsibility to make sure when you come back that you're in as, as good a shape as you can be. And not you shouldn't skip the weekend of rehab to go do something that you want to do. Rehab is more important, especially when you're the centerpiece figure of this team. So I think those are some of the things that bother the Titans about Young. So what do you think is going to happen? If you can, if you can read it, it sounds um, like you know, to me. I, I to me I'll tell I you what. It, to me, it sounds like it yeah. sounds like that. Bud Adams is going to side with the quarterback, and Jeff Fisher's tenure is going to be going to be over. I think that's I think what it, it sounds I like. I think it. I think at this point, if I had to guess right now, that's what I would guess too. But Man. then you have to ask yourself the question: Okay, A, does Bud Adams want to pay off Jeff Fisher? And B, who's he going to get to come in and coach Vince Young? And uh, I think both of those are quite, but I think you're right. If I had to guess right now, I would be on the same side as you. I think it's going to mean the end of Jeff Fisher in, in Tennessee. But, again, that's a guess. Marvin Lewis said on Tuesday that he thinks he's going to be uh, a Cincinnati Bengal for, for years to come. Do you think that's the case? I think that one could go either way. And uh, the Bengals are one of those organizations that nobody ever really has great inside information on because Mike Brown keeps his own counsel. And, uh, I mean, my first job covering the Bengals or covering the NFL was one year at the Cincinnati Enquirer covering the Bengals in 1984. And that is a team that is remarkably unaffected by the outside world. That. <laughs> That's a great way to put it. <laughs> We've seen that a lot over the years. And uh, to me, Rich, I think whether he's going to get fired or not, I think Marvin is going to contribute to that, quite honestly, uh, with what happens to him. Because one of the things is, there's no question, everybody knows that Marvin Lewis wants an indoor facility. They do not have an indoor facility. And I think that the question now becomes, does Mike Brown, uh, who, you know, the Bengals have been accused many times over the years of basically being a prehistoric organization when it comes to doing everything you need to do to win in the NFL. So now you ask yourself the question, are, is, is Mike Brown going to foot the bill for, even if it's a fairly inexpensive indoor practice facility, you know, 7 or $8 million, is he going to foot the bill for that so that this team can have what almost every team in the NFL has, which is the ability to practice inside somewhere nearby uh, in inclement weather? And if they do it now, they've got to drive a little bit out of town, you know, 20 or 30 minutes to do so. And, mm -hmm. you know, that's just not something that Marvin thinks first-class NFL. Well, I'll tell you what the elephant in that room is, is that uh, Carson Palmer may not be the franchise quarterback they think he is. Well, the, you know, the interesting thing, Rich, I said this on NBC a couple of weeks ago, that, uh, that Carson Palmer, uh, if they were to cut ties with him, and there is a salary cap next year, it would be zero on the salary cap because... You know, not only is he near the end of his contract, but the contract is not pro, the proration does not include 2011. So it really wouldn't cost the Bengals to do anything. And mm. I agree with you. I think it's a question. If you ask me my gut feeling, Palmer will be back. But I think it's a question that Mike Brown and the Brain Trust there really have to look themselves in the eye and say, is there something wrong with Carson Palmer? He's just not the same guy. And so what should we do with him? That's, that's my feeling, and that's a question I'd be asking. I did not know that. They could just cut him with zero dollars and zero cents uh, yeah. on the cap.
That's, That's interesting because, because uh, again, he, he is just killing him. Uh, and, and as much as I love him and he's got a big arm and we know what he did for them uh, before Kimo von Olhoffen hit him in the leg, but uh, yeah. uh, that, that, uh, with, you, you'd think that with Ocho and T.O. and him and Benson and that offensive line, you'd think they'd be better than 2-8 and eight right now. And Ryan Fitzpatrick, of all people, came in there and put 35 unanswered on that team last week. It was stunning. I think so, too. Um, you know, th this is a team that, you know, before Sunday, I would have said, hey, you know what, if Marvin Lewis and Mike Brown can't agree to agree or agree to disagree, whatever, I I would, I'd give Mike Zimmer a chance because I think he'd be a very good prospect mm -hmm. to be a head coach. But your def his defense, you know, he's had a couple of games this year where they simply haven't shown up. And so then you have to ask yourself the question, so... How good of a choice is that? Philip Rivers is the MVP in my mind through uh, 11 weeks. What, what's your thought on that subject? I think it's Rivers or Brady, um, and I would definitely not argue with Rivers. Uh, I think both. I think Brady has, you know, the, the Patriots have gone from. You know, I said this the other day. They've gone from a wide receiver centric offense to a to a tight end offense overnight. So it's unbelievable. They're Brady remarkable. Is, They're remarkable, Peter. To that. I mean, nine touchdowns to tight ends in ten weeks right now. I mean, you know, and they're, and they're rookies. Um, so, I mean, you know, that's, that's, that's one thing. So, I, as, and I, I have great respect for Phillip Rivers doing what he's done without his number one receiver for the entire season, Vincent Jackson, without his tight end for a third of the season, Antonio Gates and, and Legadu Nane and, and all the other injuries he's had. Uh, and Chris Wilson was even out last night. So I mean, they're they're going with Randy McMichael and and you know all newbies that, that you know that he's throwing to. So I think I think both of those guys, either one of those guys at the 11 week mark, would be a very good choice. Yeah, I mean, Philip Rivers is doing that uh, as you mentioned with with guys who require name tags uh, for everybody to know. Uh, right. There was a great moment uh, in the Monday night game where, that Gruden pointed out where he breaks the huddle and he's directing traffic, showing all these newbies where to go, and yeah. then throws a touchdown pass. He leads the league in touchdowns and yards, and he's one yard off of Marino's all-time single-season pace with all of that. And, and, and the Chargers are set up for another late-season run again. I, I think Phil Rivers is the guy. That's yeah, at least my I opinion. Think, I, think he's a good, I think he's a very good choice. Um, and, and plus the other thing is, Rich, you... You know, I think with six games to go, it's really a fluid race because I, I've basically said the last week or so I, I can't see Vic being a candidate right now, but I could see him being a candidate if he doesn't get hurt and he continues to be this great, incredible player playing complete game football. You know, not just being a runner and a great athlete, but being a, a very good passer and, and doing everything about the job. But but, I, you know, I will be slightly uneasy about voting for a guy at the end of the year who will have played 73% of his team's offense this year. You know, no matter what, if he plays every game the rest of the way, he still will have missed 17 quarters. He'll, miss, he'll have missed four and a quarter games. Um, so that would be just about the absolute outside that I could ever consider voting for a guy. A guy starts to miss four or five games, you say, it's not his year to be the MVP. But I think Vic could be uh, remarkable enough that you really might have to consider him if he keeps playing at the level he's played at. I mean, there are 19 teams within one game of first place in the division entering Week 12, which is the most at this point 
in NFL history. And to me, that's been such an issue uh, for the national media, Peter, that we can't get off the Dallas-Minnesota train. We can't handle the truth that there are so many teams out there that can win games and earn themselves a playoff spot like the Bucks, the Chiefs just leaping out at, at uh, that, that we've had trouble swallowing this storyline this year. Uh, what's your thought on that theory, that, that we cannot, we, we're still trying to jam the Dallas square peg into the round hole in the national media? Well, Rich, I think the Dallas Cowboys are always going to be a story. My, my uh, man, first managing editor at Sports Illustrated, Mark Mulvoy, uh, who once devoted an entire issue of Sports Illustrated to a week inside the Dallas Cowboys, <laughs> used yeah. to tell me that when I was looking for story ideas, he said, when in doubt, write the Cowboys, because he knows what flies off, um, you know, magazine store shelves. So, and now today, I still think, you know, that we're not necessarily the hardened, you know, the, you know, the have to touch the magazine. I still think that in the Internet world, there's a new generation, kids, who you know, I get as much cowboy email and Twitter tweets as 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 for any other team, and they stink. So uh, you know, clearly, the fandom of the Cowboys is being passed down from one generation to the next, and it's just it's an appealing team. As far as the Vikings go, I think that I think that any team that gets within you know uh, uh, you know a field goal of going to the Super Bowl and has everybody coming back and has the whole Favre thing for better or for worse, I think that what happens is that they become a story whether they win or whether they lose. And the Vikings have been an incredible story in, in defeat this year. You know, how do you not cover the Randy Moss stuff? How do you, I mean... I mean, that was pretty unbelievable. I agree. And, but the, and the Vikings have been uh, relevant in terms of the standings up until the last couple weeks. That's true. But Dallas yeah. has not been relevant in the standings for, for at least a month and a half now. And, and, and it's, it's, it's absurd how many people talk about the Cowboys when there are, for instance, let's, let's, talk, let's talk quick hitters here. Uh, Jets, Patriots, who do you think is going to win the AFC East? Because the loser, the loser of that race could wind up being a 12-team, a 12-win wildcard team opening up at the AFC West or, or at the AFC South. Well, that, that'll, be, that'll be another year to get on the soapbox. I think the dumbest thing, the dumbest mm -hmm. standing rule that the NFL has is that every division winner has to have a home game in the playoffs. Stupid, stupid, stupid. Because you're, you're right, Rich. I mean, Rich could be a 13-win team. Yeah, no question. There could be a 13-win wild card team playing at a nine-win division winner. How, how would you feel this year in the NFC? Just, just think about this for a second. How would you feel this year if you are the Philadelphia Eagles, let's say? No, I'll, I'll give you one. How would you Saints. feel this year if you're the Chicago Bears, okay, yep. and you win 12 games, and your 12-win Bear team has to travel to St. Louis, the winner of the, of the, of the <laughs> NFC West at 7-9? and nine. Yeah, it's possible. It's absolutely a, a, possible. Hey, listen, some team in the West, mark my words, some team in the West is going to win with a seven game, with a seven and nine record. It's going to happen. You think it's so? going to happen this year. 
So, so what do you think should be done? It should just oh, be. I think it absolutely should be uh, that you shouldn't. You should be guaranteed a playoff spot if you win a division, but it mm-hmm. ought to be seeded totally, solely, only on your one loss record. Right. It's idiotic. It's just idiotic that that uh, that it had happened to the Colts a couple of years ago. In you know they had already beaten San Diego during the year, and so now they have to go out and play and and play a playoff game even though they were what four wins better. Hey, the I defending just, champion Saints. My, uh, I had a guest on my podcast last week. Yeah. The uh, the executive producer of Curb Your Enthusiasm was a big Seattle fan. Said he thinks that last week's game in the Superdome was a preview of Week One of the Wild Card game, where an eight and eight win Seattle team hosts the defending Super Bowl champs with twelve wins. That's entirely possible in yeah. both both conferences that you're I mean, seeing the, it right the now. AFC, the AFC South is totally fascinating to me right now. I keep wanting to say, well, don't worry, the the Bucks will fall down to earth. Maybe they maybe they won't. That's right. You know, I mean, look at their schedule. They've got a chance to win eleven games. They have a legitimate chance to win eleven games. That's why, Rich. I think what's going to be very interesting down the stretch, the last couple of weeks, is that we might be looking at the New York Giants or even a team like the Chicago Bears, and they might not make the playoffs because these Tampa Bay Buccaneers don't know how to just act their age and go home. I mean, you know, they're. I, I, you really got to hand it to Mark Dominic and Raheem Morris. I mean, they've they've made an awful lot of good decisions. Basically, starting with Josh Freeman, um, they've made an awful lot of good decisions that have put them in in position to contend through at least week fourteen or fifteen now. So let's let's give some quick hitters before I let you go. Who who wins the AFC East in your mind? December sixth, a big game Patriots. Monday nighter. Patriots, so Patriots are playing at home. Them? And, you know, as much as the Patriots now, I, I worry about their defense. I mean, against the Colts the other day, two 73-yard scoring drives in the last 10 minutes and another drive where they had gone 50 yards and were, the Colts had gone 50 yards and then Manning got intercepted. So, I mean, I, uh, I, I, like, the, I like the Patriots a lot, but I do think that when they play the Jets, that could be a 33-28 barn burner. Um, and if the Jets were playing 2009 Jet defense, I'd pick the mm-hmm. Jets. But the Jets... Uh, they're not you know, getting home. They're not getting home at the quarterback, Peter. They're not getting home at the quarterback. And then right. this past yeah, fourth quarter, the Matt, Schaub, Matt Schaub torched them in the fourth quarter. And, yeah. and it, it's, it's, yeah, they're just not playing very good football at home either. Uh, and, and the Patriots seem to be offensively, certainly, back to their championship form where they're spreading the ball over to a whole bunch of people you've never heard I mean, of. And you how pointed about out, you're calling Danny Woodhead. What's amazing about about the Patriots is that they're two guys who are averaging whatever four and a half, four point eight yards a carry between them. Ben Jarvis, Green Ellis, and Danny Woodhead. Anybody in the league could have had Woodhead <laughs> this year, and last year anybody in the league could have had Ben Jarvis, Green Ellis. They're both on the street. It's it's amazing what Bill Belichick does with with other people's spare parts. You know, uh, Dion's nickname for Ben Jarvis, Green Ellis, is Law Firm. Yeah, he, well, I don't want to like say he stole. I don't want to say he stole that, but Did he steal I think it? the Boston Globe invented that about two years ago. Is it's that a good right? one, though. Well, maybe maybe they took it from him. I don't know. They we'll, might we'll have, have to go. Yeah. We'll have to go to the tape. Uh, what about the North? Is it a Raven? It's a Raven division, right? Over the Steelers just seem too banged up defensively. What yeah, do you I think about that? I would. I love. I would have said I love the Ravens in that matchup until this past Sunday when all of a sudden these guys who are, are just unknown guys on the offensive line for the Steelers came out and played really well. 
Um, and, I mean, you know, the quarterback got hit a few times. But I, I do think that that was a real encouraging game for them, playing a good defensive front and, for the most part, keeping Roethlisberger fairly clean. So, I mean, I, I, think, I think the Ravens probably have an edge and the Ravens are playing at home. But I'd say that's 51-49 Baltimore. That's going to be a real close <laughs> and And just remember this, you know, the Steelers, have got the Jets, I think, on December 19th. The Steelers probably got a little bit of a tougher schedule down the, down the, down the, you know, yes. down the road. Yeah, the, the South, the AFC South, I mean, you'd think it's the Colts division just because of Peyton Manning, but they're just not the same Colts team that we've seen. And now the Titans are, are, are going to go with, uh, with How, Howard Schnellenberger's kid, it seems, yeah. for a few weeks. And now uh, Houston, I mean, it's one of the worst defenses of all time. Could Jacksonville really take that division the problem with jacksonville right now is that even though they do have the tiebreaker edge over the colts right now they got three division games left all three on the road and i don't i don't like the way their schedule lines up number one and you know they probably have to win um in indianapolis to win the division i think it's a little bit too much to ask for a team that is not a great team and I just think at the end of the day, Indianapolis will win out. And I, and I think uh, we, we, we agree that San Diego is just going to go on a tear and, and take that division. Seems right? like it. The, and, and, you know, their defense is playing a little better right West. now. Other than at the first series of the game last night, they played well. All right, let's do some quick hitters in, in the NFC. Are the Falcons the, the best team in the NFC? Um, I, I, think it's, I think Green Bay is the best team. I think Green Bay is the best team in football right now. Um, mm. They go from the shutout of the Jets to, I mean, the last in, 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 in New Jersey to, uh, I mean, the last three games they've won 85 to 10, even though they haven't played great competition. Um, I, I find fewer flaws right now in the Packers. The offense is getting going. You know, last five games, Greg Jennings is an absolute monster. Um, Aaron Rodgers is Aaron Rodgers, and, and I think they've got the best cornerback tandem right now um, in Williams and Woodson. So I like them the best, but I, 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 could, see, I could see Atlanta winning that game this weekend, um, which is, you know, surprising. Huge game. Bay Atlanta game of the weekend. Now, I, I, I'm, I'm going to speak to Joe Buck later on this podcast. There's no question he's going to be down there in Atlanta for that big game between the, the Weston and uh, co-leader of the North right now. So, it, it, you, I mean, the, the South and the co-leader of the North. So let's we've already discussed the West. There's going to be one team obviously coming out of there in the NFC. I think you'll, for sure two teams are coming out of the NFC South. That leaves either the Bears or the Giants or the Bucks. One of those teams, yeah. two of those teams, or, aren't going to make the, the playoffs. What do you do? What do you do with or, the Saints? I think the Saints are. I think the Saints are in. I, I think Reggie Bush is going to come back. And I all just right. Think, well, if the Saints are in, I'll, then I'll you've got him. four really interesting teams competing for one wild card spot. Right. So who's so who's not getting in? I mean, who do you? I guess. Well, who gets if you in? give one to the if you give it to the Falcons and I, Saints, which I take I do. you are, take it you are. I do. I and do. are you giving it to the Eagles in the East? I'm going to give it to the Eagles in the East because Vic okay. just seems to be head and shoulders out of his mind right now. And, so, and yes. what are you saying in the North? Are you giving it to the Packers or the Bears? I'm giving it to the Packers. Okay. I give it to so the Packers. In other words, even even with my own two big... eyes, seeing that Bear, the Bears defense with my own two eyes last week in Miami. Uh, and, and you're right when you said in your column about Tyler Thigpen. I mean, he was fresh meat for them. Even if I'm seeing it with my own two I still don't buy him. I still just don't. I, I don't know why. Here I just it don't. is, then. It comes down, it's going to come down to Chicago, Tampa Bay, or the Giants. 
Right. And in that in that triumvirate, it'll go to it'll go to Chicago, because the Giants will fall by the wayside because of their offense. I mean, Eli Manning is going to be thrown to Deion Sanders in two weeks. He's got no receivers, and um, it, you know. And then I think it comes down to Chicago's defense. And uh, I, I talked to it's funny, Rich. I talked to Rod Marinelli this week, and he is because I, I asked him about how Julius Peppers has affected the defense. He said, now hold on. It's Julius Peppers and Brian Urlacher. Because remember, right. really, we have not seen Brian Urlacher be Brian Urlacher for the last three years. First the neck, then the back, and then last year the wrist. And now you just can't say, well, you know, now we've got to worry about Peppers and whether we put one or two guys on him on every play. Now you've got to worry about uh, Urlacher being the poor man's Ray Lewis going sideline to sideline because he's got his speed back. Uh, they're, they're, I think they're a very interesting team, and I think they're going to play good enough down the stretch to get 11 their wins. schedule is so tough, oh, Peter. They got to, they, schedule their is schedule tough. is so tough. They've got to play New England. They've got to play the Jets. They're going to play either the Vikings New England in Minnesota. Or the Jets. They're going to beat either New England or the Jets. Wow. So you like the Bears. Okay, like the Bears, I'll take yeah. it. Peter, it's been great talking to you. Is there anything you need to uh, you, you care to promote? You've got a book coming out for Christmas time? No, I have time, no book coming out. I just want to... I just want to promote, um, just do something nice for somebody else on Thanksgiving. That's all the promotion I want to give. You bet, Peter. Thanks so much for coming on this podcast. I appreciate it. Thank you, Rich. That's Peter King of NBC, of SI.com, uh, joining us here on the Rich Eisen Podcast presented by Papa John's. We're going to take a break. We've got Joe Buck waiting in the wings, but first the worm is going to join me talking about his G-Men, perhaps taking another Thanksgiving at time nosedive. Don't go anywhere. We'll be right back. NFL Fantasy Live, your home for fantasy football. With a 90-minute live show every Sunday leading up to kickoff. With our interactive controls, you choose which segment to watch. That's been his three-year average. Who is going to cover them? Get back to what made you good. Or go live as our fantasy experts help you set your lineup for the day. All those are interesting options. Get the last-minute edge over your competition. NFL Fantasy Live, Sundays at 11.30, exclusively on NFL.com. Welcome back to the Rich Eisen Podcast, presented by Papa John's. Man, we just went soup to nuts with Peter King of NBC and SI.com. Joe Buck is waiting in the wings, a voice of another Super Bowl on Fox and also of your Thanksgiving game in Dallas between the Saints and Cowboys. He will join us but right now, in his usual spot in the Hot Topic segment, just flying solo this week because of uh, the logistical situation going on with me in New York and the Worm, Jason Worms, our senior producer of NFL Network. Where are you right now? I'm on stage two, Worm. Rich. Stage two. Stage two. Yes. Stage two. There's right, a, there's you know, a large like field here. There's a large green field. of. Oh, of so you're turn. on the field that we're on for game day and, and, yes. uh, and, and NFL Total Access. You're yes. on the field turf. Yes, and it's quite chilly. So you're I, I <laughs> So I have to okay. go with a jacket. I feel I, I actually I have the kind of the hoodie. I got the part. I have the the, the Belichick uh, the Belichick hoodie today. All right. Well, well I just want to make sure you're fine because you're you're flying solo. Because again, I'm out here in New York City uh, in blue jeans. I'm gonna have to slink around here in my blue jeans uh, in the league offices. And you're over there in Los Angeles and uh, your G-men. Let's get to this straight away, uh, Worm. Your G-men are uh, are now uh, six and. four. Four. Yep. Are you concerned that this could be another late, uh, mid to late season swoon for your team? The, the biggest issue is, look, let's, let's go back three weeks. 
They go, they play in Seattle. They play virtually a perfect game in Seattle. But yep. they lose Adam Keats, uh, for, had a knee injury, out for the year. On an extra point, David Deal, playing tackle on an extra point, uh, destroys his hip. He's out for a month, okay? Then we go to last week. Uh, in practice, Steve Smith, their best third-down receiver, one of the best third-down receivers in the NFL, possession receivers, he tears his labrum or whatever, his chest pectoral muscle, diving mm -hmm. for a ball on Friday. Not Thursday, no, on Friday. Okay? He's gone, and that was a huge effect. Now they and lost. Now, the uh, they Knicks. lost Knicks to something called a compartment syndrome of the yeah, leg. What is that? Can is you, that, you, is that I know the you're China not a doctor. syndrome? What is, what is that? I don't know. It's a compartment syndrome. It's like. And it's what? flooding. It's flooding. That compartment's flooding. Yeah. I don't know if it's with radioactive material, but it's yeah, not good. Yeah, it's like, here's Jane Fonda from the China Syndrome. It's, like, it's crazy. <laughs> right. I mean, it's, it's absurd what is going on. And it, look, they had a sign. My had a sign, Mark Clayton today. I mean, it is... It is Mark, I know. It is... Michael they, Clayton. Michael it's Clayton. the wrong Clayton. They, yeah, I know. You didn't even is, get the right Clayton. It is so ridiculous. They're, they had one of the deepest rosters of, the, of receivers in the league. To the point where they put Victor Cruz on IR because yeah. they thought they had nowhere, nowhere in the world where they were yeah, going to need Victor, him. Now Victor's like working at the, at the White Rose in Piscataway selling hamburgers. <laughs> I mean, it's a joke. And they are in a huge... they got a huge offensive line issues. And if they didn't have the offensive line issues... Then they can run the ball. All right, we'll just run the so, wishbone. A buddy of mine sent me a, a text saying, we're done after the Knicks, after Knicks got hurt. Well, do you really think that? Do you really, really think that you're done? You really think that? No, no, no. My buddy said that we're done. I, I mean, know he, that, but do you think that? I no, don't, I don't think they're done. What are you? I, know I don't think they're hater, done. I'll but... tell you why they're not done. They're not done because defensively, they're still relatively healthy. They played a good game. They gave up a lot of yards to Vic, but they schemed it right. Fuel is scheming these guys right. They just, it's on their shoulders to make it happen now. They have got to, these next two or three games, two of them are at home, they've got to win. They've got to they're be. They're winnable. They're, they're winnable. winnable games. Are, winnable. The next three are winnable. And they've got to win, these, especially the home games, they've got to win. And it's in Jacksonville. They're going to, they, right? Jacksonville, Washington. They have Jacksonville and Washington. They've got to win these games, and they can do it, but they've got to play clean football. Eli's got to be his, at his best and make do with what he has. The guys have got to hold on to the ball. They've got to run the football better. Everybody has to be up. There are no excuses, okay? There's no excuse in Indianapolis, right? He is playing with nobody. He is playing with like Rose Human Institute players in Indianapolis, <laughs> all right? And he is killing it, all right? Take away that ridiculous interception that was, you know, kind of a bad angle that he was thrown at. Peyton has been, there's been no excuses in Indianapolis, and there should be no excuses in New York. And I don't think I think they're going to play fine. It will be it will be ugly. It will be 16-14, 16-13 against the Jags because that's the way the Jags play. Uh, but it's it's not over. Everyone says it's over. It's not over. It's concerned. Peter yeah, King. But it's Peter not King over. thinks Peter King thinks uh, you you and the Bucks don't have uh, a chair when the musical chairs stop because I think the Saints are in. I think the Saints are going to go. I think the Saints win in, in, in Dallas, and I think the Saints are going to go with the Falcons. And that, that leaves uh, uh, the Bucks, the, the Giants, and uh, the Bears well, he for clearly, one more well, playoff well, spot no, left. No disrespect so. to Peter, because I love Peter. We all love Peter. But look Myth. at the schedules. And I have all the schedules. No, I told him not about Chicago. I told him about Chicago's uh, schedule. Look, it's look at brutal. Tampa. I mean, just he if you thinks, compare. He thinks Chicago, hold on a minute. Chicago thinks that they're going to beat. Uh, uh, he thinks that Chicago is going to beat either New England or, or the Jets. 
which is a big one. Well, they're gonna, they're, first of all, they're going to win this weekend. They're going to beat Philadelphia this weekend. Um, you think so? Yeah, I do. I do. Because everyone is going to take the template that Perry Fuel laid out by it's a heavy rush. Make sure your guys are covered. Okay? Um, keep him relatively in the pocket. And if he's going to go, he's going to go to his right. And when he goes to his right, he doesn't throw the yeah, football. That's a problem. Okay. Yeah, and, you know, Marshall said Marshall said that on game day morning. He right. said that exact thing on game day morning. Yeah. By the way, that's two just to, just to pump up Marshall Falk. That's two weeks in a row. Two weeks ago, he laid out on game day morning exactly how the Patriots could beat the Steelers, spreading them out and making sure that the Steelers don't have the pass rush because of that. And and it's exactly what they did. And then last week, he basically said exactly what you talked about, what fuel was going to make Vic do, and that's what they made Vic do. It's just that, man, that uh, that Eli fumble when he's going down. And it just the ball just come. He he's done that twice now against the Eagles too, right? Yes, yeah, she did it last twice? year against the Eagles. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. It was, it's, so you think so you think Chicago is going to beat Philadelphia based on what the Giants just did on Sunday night football? Yeah, and, the, and the, the other thing, being at the game in Miami on Thursday night, and yeah, watching, you were there with your family, your yes. family, the whole worm, the whole yes. worm, the whole Mishpucha was, was there. there. Yes, the whole Mishpucha was there. Yes. Well, not all. Your of them dad, to uh, your dad, my dad, my wearing, brother, uh, wearing, wearing by the way an NFL Network T-shirt, yes, which was very nice. Yes. He was my, rocking. He was, he was rocking the colors. Yes, and my, my my older one of my, my one of my older brothers, worm. who is right. yeah, who is uh, Paul, who is an avid crazy fisherman. He's the wacky fisherman. Was he was he the was he the was he the the ripped guy was he the guy with there was one guy who looked like straight from the Irgun yeah. which which brother was that that would be that would be Paul that would be him yeah my okay. buddy my buddy the shorter guy John yeah we mm -hmm. go back to middle school days we go back to okay. seventh grade so right. and, and, and by the way if anybody needs some help with their stock portfolio he can help too so nice down there in South Florida so, before so we you were there you were there right yeah, were so there. where I was sitting in the I was sitting in the end zone you see everything. It's great. We were low enough and we were, we were far enough back. You see all the plays happen right in front of you. And Cutler and, and, and Martz did the right thing. He knows that Cutler has got to be pulled in. They got to reel him in. So what do they do? It's short passes. It's roll them out. It's do not make it difficult for him. When he went across his body and threw the ball, the ball was either tipped, picked, or almost picked. And with him, it's like simple things, simple mm -hmm. drag routes. I remember mm -hmm. that third down early in the third quarter, third and 10 or third and eight. And here comes 23 in a drag route right in front. Right. It was a three-yard throw, and 23 took it 15. You know, that's how he's got to play. And March's ego, he, got to, he pulled it back, and he's, he's going to say, we know you can throw the ball through a brick wall, Jay Cutler, but you don't have to throw it through a brick wall now. Right. Just get it to your guys and let them go. And they're going to run the football. Their defense is playing well. Their special teams are great. And the, 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 Eagles, the Eagles are due. They're just due for a bad one. And the, and you they, and I were watching the games together after you, you, you showed up late because you flew back from, uh, from South Florida yes. on Sunday. It was, it, we miss you, Worm. Even when you're not there for an hour, the whole crew misses you. You're fetching. You're screaming. You're yelling. You're, you're bemoaning Poor clock management, slow football. We miss you. Yes, there was it's a lot of fun out there. I think who said that when you finally showed up an hour into watching the the games? Uh, somebody said that I was. It, we, we were wondering why it was so quiet around here. I think somebody said that. But uh, anyway, you and I were sitting there, and we were talking about how this is a separation type Sunday. Yep. You know that now we're seeing a little bit of separation. I want to go right now with you. Stick a fork in them or not? Done or not done? Okay. All right. Okay. Miami Dolphins. Done, done. or not done? Done. 
Done. You're sticking a fork in them. They're done. They are cooked carcass mammal. They are just, they are just an overcooked, bloated blowhole. Okay, done. Finished. Finished. Because, I mean, because, you know, the Brandon Marshall's there in the... In the it's over. Uh, it's over. So he's not, he's not going to practice. He, they're a mess. It's over. They can't score. They're done. Okay. Uh, um, let's move forward. Uh, both teams in the, yeah, both the both teams out of the playoff spots in in the um, are the are the Cleveland Browns done? Are yes. they done? You yeah, think they can make a run here? No, okay. they're done. They're done. All right, they're done. Certainly, Colt McCoy hurt. Uh, yeah. Let's go. To, oh, here's here's a good one. Tennessee Titans done. 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 How about Vince Young being kicked out of the facility? I Did just that saw that, that. That just came down. That just about came down. That just came down. Ago. At, at, just, just you know, Peter. I wish I could get him back on the phone. Um, but uh, apparently Vince Young shows up to work on the injury that, uh, that, uh, that, that Jeff Fisher said uh, is, 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 has no bearing on whether or not he'd be the starting quarterback. And this is the same day the owner has both the coach and everybody uh, from management on the phone saying, everybody's got to get along. All right, I'm not there to separate you two in the back of the car, but Vince, coach, we're going to get along. He kicks him out of the facility. Yeah. He has a quarterback's coach telling him he's not welcome here. Yep. He can't rehab. This is after apparently he told the media that he's he could rehab there. So who? So you think they're done? Five done. and five. Done. Chris Chris Johnson. We're we're seeing uh, Chris Johnson, Randy Moss, uh, in three Thursdays on NFL Network. Done at five and five. Well, they, they've, it's, they've got Houston twice. They've got Jacksonville. They got Indy twice and Kansas City. Okay. What do you mean? Where, where are they going to win? Are they going to? Wow. With, with, Chris Johnson no, could do it. I mean, Chris I, I Johnson could do it. I love Howard Schnellenberger. I love Howard Schnellenberger. Rusty Rusty Harden. Rusty What's his name again? Smith. Right. Rusty is Smith. not Bernie Kosar. Rusty Smith is not. It's a kid from. A guy, a kid so from you're, Pennsylvania you're sticking a fork in the 12. Titans. Yes. So you're definitely sticking a fork in yeah. in Houston, right? Houston's done. There, there. That is that loss on Sunday. Well, they they own some of the worst losses in recent memory in the NFL. I mean, the, the Colts game, remember they had a big lead in the fourth quarter at home, and mm -hmm. then they blew that game. And then, I mean, that was absurd on Sunday. Anybody who says that's not absurd isn't paying attention. They make this huge comeback. They take the lead. They play the clock correctly. I think a little bit conservatively. I thought they could have rolled Schaub out on a third down, played deep in the Jets' territory with two minutes to go. And, and you have an option. Throw it or keep it and keep the clock running. So at least they got the points. They had it right 44 seconds ago. And, I mean, can you, 17 guards. How can you let anybody get free in the secondary? I mean, on the side, 17 should have scored. By the, he could have scored. By the way. By the way, on the sideline too. I know. I mean, because you've got it. Because against the team with no timeouts left, you should leave the middle wide open. I, right? It is un. They are so on the bad line. defensively. On the sideline too. They are awful so, defensively. So, you're, but I'm not hearing you stick a fork in them. Oh, they're done. Tennessee, okay, hang on. Tennessee twice at Philadelphia four days after uh, next weekend. Yeah, we got them in two weeks. Yeah, yes. they're, that's they're going to lose that game. Baltimore at home on a. I think Ooh. it's a Monday night. They're going to lose that game. They got oh. Tennessee, Denver, and Jacksonville. I mean, they're not. It's just there's too many good. There's too many teams ahead of them. They're four and six. Yeah, uh, there's a six and four team that's on the outside looking in the AFC right now um, in in Indy. Yeah. So I mean, so I mean, there maybe I don't think nine wins is going to be good enough in the AFC. You need I just ten. Don't, 
Okay. You need ten. So in that in that respect, are the are the Raiders done at five and five? No. The way the Chargers are playing, so the Raiders are not done. You the, think the Raiders could win five of their final? Well, six? they got here. They have Mammal at San Diego, at Jacksonville, Denver, home. So they can win the division. They can Indianapolis win the division. and Kansas City. Very very doable. It's still there. Yeah. Give me that. Give me that schedule again for the Raiders. Give me the, that the Raiders have Miami at home, at San Diego, at Jacksonville, home Denver, home Indy, at Kansas City. Hmm. That is a that's a doable schedule. They can win that. They can win that division. Absolutely. But so, here's the so thing. That's a three team race. In here's that, the thing. In that because Den, Denver Denver is. I mean, how what, what's happened to that? I mean, they've they've they they've they've lost 15 of their last 20. Did you see that stat at the end? Of, if you stuck around at the end of Monday Night Football, which is what I did, because all I needed was uh, uh, one more 15 yard catch from the from Mr. Soft Tissue Injury himself, Malcolm Floyd, or one 15 yard run from. Uh, Darren Sproles to to win a fantasy league game didn't get either but you saw the stat at the very end of the game it's the first time since the 70 71 seasons that the Broncos have have, have lost 15 of 20 over a 20 game stretch wow wow that's incredible I, 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 it's unbelievable what's happened well, especially when they started 6 and 0 for McDaniels yeah. now now they're they're 5 and 15 since then and it's, it's they are i mean look, they get blown out by Oakland, and they go. They blow out Kansas City, Kansas City. and How they get destroyed happen? last night. I'll tell you what. Who, let me ask you. Who in the AFC in January is going to want to play the Chargers? The answer is nobody. 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 They, nobody. They, by the way, and now, irony of all ironies, right? The Marty teams, the, the great play that they've shown in November and December um, in the current administration, what's going on with them. They've always been the favorite, right? Always had the home playoff game. They may not get the home playoff game this year. Watch them go on the road and take it out on people. Watch them right. go and beat somebody they shouldn't beat because that quarterback is playing. He is balling. He is. I think I just told Peter King he's my MVP candidate through 11 weeks. And we, we have only a couple minutes left yep. for him because they're going to boot you out of stage two. So uh, uh, in the NFC West... Do you stick, who do you stick a fork in? You got to stick a fork in somebody. Arizona. Stick, Arizona. Stick, yeah, Arizona. Done. The quarterback plays awful. That, that, uh, it's unbelievable. Awful. Unbelievably how, awful. How that how that franchise has fallen so hard so fast. We're seeing them on Christmas night. Yeah. Uh, and they got a big Monday night game because even because if if Seattle loses, who does Seattle play this uh, this coming week? They Seattle play, hosts. Uh, uh, I think they. Oh, wait, are they at? Are they at? Oakland? Seattle's at five and five. Here I'll, I'll tap dance while you open your handy dandy schedule. Yeah, they're five and five, and and San Francisco and oh, Kansas City plays at Arizona. Seattle. Okay, so if Seattle, the twelfth man, can lose potentially by to Kansas City, it's possible they'd be five and six. St. Louis could be five and six. Well, they're playing at Denver. And, the, and they could be five and six, and and that would mean the winner of the Monday night game is only a game out of first. Yeah, I know. So. Uh, do you stick a fork in, in, in San Francisco no. or not? No. Okay, you don't. All right. Nope. Uh, and then there's really only other. How about this last one? Washington. They're still alive. Done. 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 You're saying they're done. Done. Look, but look who's, look who's ahead. You've got New York one game ahead. Philadelphia mm -hmm. is two games ahead. Chicago and Green Bay are seven and three. Atlanta's eight and two. Tampa's got an, the softest schedule of any of these teams. They have right. seven wins. They're going to get to ten. You think they're going to win five out of the last six? Washington? Not a chance. Not a chance. 
Worm, enjoy sticking a fork in Turkey on Thursday. You too. Good chatting with you. Good chatting with you. That's Jason Worms, our senior producer of NFL Network. The oh wait, real, real quick, uh, where's Ditka? Where where is Ditka? Let me get. Let me hear some Ditka. Okay, what are the what are the games? I don't even know the games. What what are the games? I don't know the games. All right, for, for NFL replay. Tuesday, eight o'clock. It is Toro v Green Mechanical Bird. What a win for the Jets. Yeah, Nine fifteen is Gotham Blue versus Angry Bird. That's uh, the Jet, uh, the Giants, and the Eagles. Yes. Uh, okay. What's Wednesday? Uh, Wednesday at eight o'clock is uh, Capital Natives v Thumbtack. <laughs> DC against uh, what Vince Young maybe his last game as a Titan. It's unbelievable how you never know in the NFL. What's the what's the and last nine fifteen is uh, the great uh, the Blue Horseshoe versus the Leftist Insurgents. Wow. So the, just because they're t both two and eight, the Gus Johnson game, the Bills. Coming back in the Bengals doesn't get in there, huh? It was uh, programming. Just can't do it. Could not Just rationalize. Do it. They two, two <laughs> rationalize. Two, two in teams. All right, Worm, have a good Thanksgiving. You too. That's uh, Jason Worms, our senior producer of NFL Network. Don't go anywhere. Joe Buck joins me next on the Rich Eisen Podcast presented by Papa John's. One play can change the game. One new channel will change Sunday afternoons forever. This season, watch the best plays as they happen live in HD. NFL Network Red Zone. Every touchdown, every game. Welcome back to the Rich Eisen Podcast presented by Papa John's. We've already had a nice lengthy discussion with Peter King, and I'm thrilled to have on the phone right now a good friend, the voice of NFL on Fox, going to call his third Super Bowl for Fox. And uh, he'll, be, he'll be spending Thanksgiving with you, or vice versa, as he's in uh, Dallas for the Saints-Cowboys game, none other than Joe Buck. Joe, how are you? I'm good. I love Papa John's pizza. Do I you really? It. I do. Because all guests of this uh, podcast get free Papa John's pizza. That's a lie. That's not true. I'm not just saying that. It's true. I send your card, you, 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 you redeem it, and you enjoy. That's the, that's the way we roll here. Wow. Well, uh, well do, do I still have to tip? Uh, you mean, do I, do I include the tip? Or yeah, I mean, is it something where is a tip I, included? I this is not like it, a, do I then this, have to... Uh, Joe, this is not like a town car, you know what I mean? Like, a tip's not included. You've oh, got okay. to, you know... All right, I just want to, I want to gauge, you know, what I'm doing here and what kind of an effort I'm going to put forward. No, tip is not included. You need to, you do need to, you need to, well, I mean, the bottom line is, I don't want to uh, include like a 10% tip. I mean, uh, or you could be... You could be well over that, or you could be like a Scotty Pippen and leave like two percent or something like that. You know, I don't know. I don't know what your, I what your style tip. is. I don't want anybody talking about me when I walk That's away. Right. <laughs> I mean, whatever it is, the do, extra. Do you go twenty percent? Well what do you do? Twenty percent? Is that what you do? I, I do twenty plus. You know, I, nice. I, I you gotta you gotta step up a little bit. That's one of the main things I learned from my dad when I was a kid. Is that, what, is that what Jack told you? You always over tip? Is that he what you always, said? And, and I had no inheritance because he just handed out money to people <laughs> left and right. It was uh, it got borderline ridiculous. But a lot it of people It is that love time of the year. It is that time of the year. So, are, so you're going to Dallas. What what sort of scene you're going to find there? Do you think? Uh, I mean, are you going to find a, a happy scene, a resurgent scene? There is a scarred team. What do you think you're going to see there in Dallas? I think a little future? bit of all that. I, I'm anxious to see how the the town feels about the team you know I, I you always get a good sense of how the city or the fans feel about the team when you show up and 
you leave the hotel or you're out and about and you run into people who are fans and you can just tell almost by the body language, if not what they say, what they're thinking about the team. So, you know, when we were last there, they were dead in the water, and now Jason Garrett's got them 2-0. and And they're taking on not just a good New Orleans team, but they've got a really tough schedule the rest of the way. Philly twice in the last four weeks. So it's all out there in front of them, and whether it's Garrett or guys playing for individual jobs, I think the team itself will be inspired and resurgent and probably flying around. So you're going to get your first gauge of how the town feels at the national car rental desk, right? Where you where you're going yeah, to pick well, up the car. Yeah, well, I mean that's that a little you, misleading right? because you just you blow right by the desk and choose any you're, car. That's in the lot, right. So. You choose any car in the aisle. Yeah, in the aisle, in the lot, whatever. So you don't, so you don't, you don't interact with people in the, in the national. Well, that's car the beauty. The that's the beauty of uh, of what national brings <laughs> to you, the consumer. Yeah. So you, so okay. So uh, is Troy having a um, a local celebration for Thanksgiving? Since this is sort of a home game for him on Thanksgiving, is he having yeah. people over? He's always been that way. You know, I don't really get much of a chance to reciprocate in St. Louis uh, because we're not here very often. We right. used to be. Uh, but he's always been that way and, uh, you know, very welcoming. And everybody's kind of stuck with a late game on Thursday. So he's hosting everybody on our crew. That's and that's neat. fun. I, it's, it's good for us to get together that way. And uh, as you said, we're doing the Super Bowl. So it's kind of like our last little uh, break this weekend coming up before we launch into that stretch drive. Right. Uh, you know, Dion does that, too, whenever we have a Dion, uh, a Dallas game, a Dion game. We have a does Dallas he? game. We go to – yes, he does. And he, and he has – uh, some sort of like Dave and Buster's like thing going in his massive house, where uh, you know half half court basketball court and all that sort of Donkey stuff. Donkey Kong. What's, yes, literally. Um, by the way, that's true. He does have Donkey Kong in his but house. He's probably got that big machine that's got like hundreds of games in it that you can just pick what you want. And he's got like a, a men's warehouse for a closet where he took me, Marshall, and a couple of our producers in. Uh, and as we walked through the two-story closet in Dion's house, uh, Marshall turns to me and says, this is baseball money. This is not football money. So is, there, like, is there a little guy sitting there on a chair when you walk in that says, you're going to like the way you look, <laughs> you I look, guarantee it. Yes, he, he looks like the most interesting man in the world, actually. He does. If you just kind of, if you let the hair go a little bit and uh, <laughs> let the mustache gray and grow out, that is the same guy. So you, you just came from Minnesota. You just did Brad Childress's last game. Yeah, is that, we did. That is, so you put the button on that, or at least, uh, what do you think? What do you make of Favre here, um, <laughs> Joe? It's it's it seems to me his numbers his numbers are are like a, a second year quarterback right now, and it, it's it's sad to see. I love I love the guy. I mean, he's he was given so many thrills, and it's difficult to see. It looks like you know he helped Childress get the 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 contract that that he's now going to be paid dead money on because of what Favre and the rest of that team has done the last few weeks. What do you make of this? No, that's exactly right. And, uh, you know, I, I, we talked about it during the game. The interesting part was that talking to Brett and really talking to, to Brad Childress, they, the two of them didn't really have much of a relationship. Brett came there because of Daryl Bevel, the offensive coordinator, and the other two guys just kind of coexisted. And Brett hmm. would air his grievances with Bevel, and then he'd go up top to Brad Childress and, and vice versa. So they, they never really had a ton of one-on-one -on -one time except either on the sideline when things weren't going well or meeting in the hallway going to and from press conferences. And, and that was kind of the interesting part to the off-the-field stuff. The on-the-field stuff 
is if you're Brad Childress, I think you sit back and you go, okay, coming into this season, we had more wins in the NFC than any teams over the last two years. Uh, he's won divisional titles the last couple of years. They, they outplayed New Orleans in the NFC Championship game. They lose that because of turnovers. And now he's out of a job. Uh, I think he's a good football man. And Brett is, is all-world human being, is, at least as far as visiting with him and joking. And he's funny. He's got a great sense no of humor. And, no but doubt. on the field, my gosh, I mean, he, he missed guys that were wide open in that particular game on Sunday, and he just hasn't played well. And I talked about this with Peter King before, that he says Leslie Frazier, you know, Frazier has six weeks to get the gig and he's not going to go to Tavares Jackson. And I think the reason why he's not is because of the streak, that there's no way he's going to be the, the, the interim head coach who comes in and breaks up Brett Favre's streak. Uh, Peter thinks that it's because he thinks that Favre gives him the best chance to win, but uh, the first 11 games, is, it's just been a nightmare. It's it been has. an absolute nightmare. It has, and I, I kind of agree, though, in that argument with Peter, in that, and Troy said this on Sunday, everybody says, okay, Tavares Jackson, let's see what, they have in Tavares Jackson. The way they've managed not just the season but the offseason, talking about the Vikings, they're telling you they know what they have in Tavares Jackson. A smart guy, big arm, athletic, not accurate. The problem with Favre is he hasn't been that accurate either. But between the two, I think Leslie Frazier, who's fighting for a job and trying to win games, uh, is going to go with Favre until uh, he doesn't think that still gives him the best chance to win. I, I think that's Another indictment on Tavares Jackson, coaching change, team out of the race. Do you want to see what he can do? And the answer is no. So wait a minute. I'm thinking here that you, so you do Childress's game, he gets fired. You stand next to A-Rod, he gets hit in the, in the ankle. Right. Is, is, it, is it you, Joe? Is it you? Could be. I haven't really stopped to, uh, to no? think about all that stuff. Maybe I'm the schlep rock of, uh, of the NFL <laughs> and Major League Baseball. I show up. With a little cloud oh, over no. my head, and everybody gets rained on. The schlep rock of two of of two national pastimes. I, yeah. I can't buy that. I can't buy it. I won't buy it. I won't buy it. Do you do you miss football when you're doing? I mean, because I mean, what an incredible seat you have for some of the most uh, wonderful postseason action you can have in Major League Baseball. You know what a big baseball guy I am too. Do, but do you miss the NFL when you're when you're calling some of these incredible events for Fox uh, for the quote unquote other sport? Yeah, I miss uh, I miss the weekend. I miss the preparation. I miss the Fridays and Saturdays. Troy and I are very good friends, but Tim and I are very good friends. It's just different, mm -hmm. you know. Troy just turned 44. I'm 41. Tim is, uh, and I always joke about it with him. I mean, if I reference the Foo Fighters, I mean, he has no idea what I'm talking about. So, uh, <laughs> but it's fun, and we can joke about it. And we've been together since '96. So uh, it, it fits well in baseball postseason. I really enjoy it now. I don't, I don't worry about it. I just have fun with it, and, and I'm, I'm happy to be there. And then when I come back to football, I'm kind of rejuvenated, and I think I'm, I'm in a better place uh, instead of doing the same thing every week. So do I miss it? Uh, not, not, not so much because I, enjoy, I love October baseball, and I love what I'm doing, and then I'm anticipating and, and excited about getting back to football. So it's a good mix. Part of it was me fishing for you saying, well, you watch NFL Network while you're doing the games. So you know, I spent all date. Saturday mm -hmm. uh, watching NFL Network and loved every minute of it. In fact, it really cut into my preparation because I was watching uh, a thing on the 10 Greatest Raiders. I was watching yeah, a thing, go. and you're all over the place, by the way, all over all these things. 
Well, uh, you know. And then the greatest, ten greatest comebacks. And then the top 100 players. I mean, I couldn't turn it off. So thanks. Did for you see the Parcells? Did you see the Did you see the Parcells documentary? Yeah, that, that was one great. Out? I mean, Man. I and I was calling people that I knew and guys that I work with, and uh, you got to turn this on. I I thought that was wonderful. Well done. Did you see? And Larusa was in that too. Tony yeah, that uh, surprised uh, me though. Those two are uh, they're in the mutual admiration society. They show up and tell each other how great the other guy is. <laughs> sort of like us, right? At least Absolutely. that's the way I'd like to think. That's the way it is with us. <laughs> so you mentioned you mentioned uh, that you're starting, you know, your run to the Super Bowl right now. How much preparation do you have? I mean, because you have your week-to-week -week gig right now with 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 each team. Are you are you already preparing for the Super Bowl? I mean, uh, it's kind of out there, you know. It's 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 always hanging over you, and it's different. You know, every three years we do it, so it's different this year than it was last year. I mean, I think you have a defined finish line when you're when you end at the NFC Championship game, and then you end up watching the the Super Bowl as a fan. And this one, you know, these games are so big, and you, the audiences are so big. I think what I've learned in the two that I've done is you can't get caught up in all that, and you just have to remember you're doing a football game. And you can't, as a group, change what you've done all season because then you're, you're really putting yourselves behind the eight ball and putting yourselves in a bad position or position to fail. You just have to go do it and kind of guard against uh, buying into all that stuff or, or getting overwhelmed with the preparation. So it's hanging out there. I'm not really preparing for it because you don't know who we're going to get. Maybe this year more than ever. And, uh, I, you know, you have that two-week window to get that done. Right, yeah. I mean, it's sort of like that scene from Hoosiers where, you know, the rim is still 10 feet above the floor and the <laughs> free throw line is still the same length from the, from the rim. It's just, a bigger, it's just a bigger audience. And we, have, know, to go, we have to go search the hinterlands for Aikman like they did for Dennis Hopper. That's right. Or maybe he'll just come stumbling onto the court in the middle of the of the action. <laughs> That's what it sounds like. So you you mentioned the the three Super Bowls, or at least I did the three Super Bowls. How many World Series have you called now? Fifteen? Uh, no, ninety six is your first one. Twelve or thirteen? Man, we didn't have every one in ninety six. At that point, we were splitting every other year with NBC. So right. That uh, I think it's twelve or thirteen. It was funny just because we, we were just in Atlanta for our. Um, for our th uh, Thursday night kickoff, and Dion was there on the set. He went to the Ring of Honor, and in between commercial breaks, there was a really familiar face that walked up to the set, and Dion lit up with a big smile and hugged him. And I, 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 I was wondering, where have I seen that guy before? It was Mark Wohlers. Oh it wow! Was the, the old. I thought you were going to say it was McCarver. No, no, no. Obviously, I know who McCarver and the two of them wouldn't have had you know the warmest. No, I, um, all of a sudden um, I wanted to be in um, Atlanta. Greetings. No, 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 no. But uh, he, you know, Dion, you and Dion would have a great conversation about that because he, 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 you know, uh, I think regrets it, but he thinks he also had his, uh, he had some standing with McCarver back in the day. Yeah, that well, that we'll let them hash that out. No, no, no. I'm not so, so it, it on was, any of that. It was, that. it was Wollers. It was Wollers that was sitting there, uh, and and um, you know, he was, he had such a major figure in that first World Series. That you, oh, God, yeah. That and called. that poor guy, I mean, he was so good and I guess, you know, made hung, one pitch to Jim Lehrer. Hung, that, hung that slider. Series. I'll tell you what, being a kid from New York, I was, I was glad he put that on a tee. That was amazing. <laughs> Did you go but, down and say that to Mark? I couldn't, but he waved hello, you know, because a lot of these guys remember me from my seven years on SportsCenter and, and he seems very nice and but I, you know, I couldn't share that with him. But I just shared it with you, and I guess the entire internet. So, well, uh, so you were the guy. I've all. You were the guy that did Sports Center. 
Yeah. What? Back in the day. I was so pissed that, Joe, I was so pissed. It was 96. It was my first year on SportsCenter, okay? And here I am, a kid from New York, watching the World Series that you called, well, I guess, with McCarver and Brenly, right? Right. Back in 96? Yeah. Okay. Yeah, yeah. So here I am watching you do the World Series, and here I am finally where I wanted to be on SportsCenter. I couldn't have been more excited. But I was doing SportsCenter, and I couldn't go to the game itself. And you showed some of the Fox stars in the crowd that were there, and Tootie, the chick who played Tootie from The Facts of Life, was on some new Fox show oh that was God. there. And I couldn't believe Tootie was at the game, and I wasn't. And I'm sort of getting, I'm sort of venting to you right now. Well, if you don't mind. No, that's all right. Uh, and and Blair visited the booth, and uh, right. Natalie and uh, Madna Garrett was up there. Hey, dude, well. sometimes let's be honest. They hand you a card and say these are the stars of whatever new show on Fox, and 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 you have no earthly idea who some of these people. No are. No clue. Right. And but the beauty of working at Fox is the, the I mean mm. the stars of the network are all animated, so it's not like you, <laughs> it's not like they're going to show up behind home plate. There's Homer Simpson. Stewie, there's Stewie. Right, Stewie there's just showed Stewie. at the game. Look at that. We drew them in just for you. <laughs> Is there an event that you'd want to call that you haven't called that you deep down would really, in your heart of hearts, you'd love to call? Uh, anything with Dick Button in it. <laughs> so you want to you do figure skating? Is that figure what you're skating, saying? ice dancing. Uh, I think Dick could probably cross over to speed skating. Uh, Don't say crossover. Three. Don't say crossover. So so with with this guy, uh, Dick Button, big Dick, Dick Button. I thought I would say Dick Butkus right here. Dick Button. <laughs> <laughs> sort of lost it now. So you want to call an event with that involves artistic merit? I can't that I can't handle a Costumes. That, that, that. I want something with costumes. Sequence. I want sequence. Sequence. I want something that, that involves uh, you know total now like the, like the old SNL with the synchronized men synchronized swimming. <laughs> right, swimming. That's one of the best Harry Shearer skits Shit, of all time. Honest to God, and there there's a certain there's a certain portion of the population that when you go you, I know, I know you, you, I know you. <laughs> no, you're not. It's not. You're not mad at him. You're not mad at him. You're just saying you. I mean, when when that that lights up a, a radar screen, you know exactly the kind of person you're talking to. Oh man. Yeah. Fantastic. All right, so you're did going to... you get that to... kind of crap out of Peter King? No, no, not at all. But he did tell me, because I told him I'm, I'm here at the uh, NFL offices this week, because we have our Thanksgiving game in New York, uh, that I'm flouting the, uh, the, the wardrobe policy here at the NFL offices. You know, you have to dress here like you're, you're in a law firm. And I'm here in jeans, just like, you know, your normal Southern California office outfit. Right. And he told me, do you want to know what I'm wearing right now? And no, that threw me. we don't that know. <laughs> so that I got out of Peter about an hour ago on this Peter podcast. King asked, let's, let's summarize that. Peter yes. King asked you on the internet if yes. you want to know what he's yes. wearing. Yes, if you want to parse it word for word, that is in fact the situation that occurred on this podcast. Wow, before. that is and you guys are he, out. And he gets free pizza too. He does? Yes, everybody who comes, I'm not lying. I'm not Man. lying, but again, it, tip not included, Joe. Do they deliver on uh, Thanksgiving? Because I can have if some at Aikman's house. I am sure there is depth. Please, there's d tons of uh, Metroplex area uh, franchises for Papa John's, I'm okay. sure. They've we got it all in up. Dallas. And then you're off, you tap out. Didn't Summerall used to do two games in a weekend? Didn't yeah, you used to I don't do two games in Thanksgiving That's weekend? great. That's wonderful. Seriously. Didn't no, we, I, mean, we, I think just about every year we've done... A Thanksgiving game one? and then gone and done a and done a Sunday game, but for some reason this year they maybe not? they're sick of hearing us. 
I don't know. Maybe it's more. Not, maybe it's something I should be concerned about instead of being happy about. So, so who's doing the Atlanta Green Bay game if not you? Who's doing that? Do you know? I have no idea. See, so many people say, well, you're not on total access. Who's doing it? And I honestly, most of the time, I have no idea. I know that, so. that the, the game, America's Game of the Week, uh, <laughs> which I know you're fond of, is... Uh, Very Phil fond of that. Philly at Chicago. America's Game of Because it is, because every other game is the Communist Game of the Week, right? No, there's see, only yeah, one how America's can you make that? Week. How do you make that jump? Because if your one is America's game of the week, then what are the other ones? Just the I, America's I other games of the week. So we're other not other okay. games that Americans and people all from other places can watch. Okay, and uh, but I, by the way, I love when you go to Studio A in the middle of games. Love it. Which uh, well, I appreciate that. I would love for you to go to Studio B at one point. Who's in Studio B? Is there a Studio B when you go there? Oh yeah. That's, right. that's where uh, that's where Geraldo does his stuff. <laughs> <laughs> Enjoy your Thanksgiving in Dallas, uh, and then the rest of your weekend off while the rest of us football jamokes work. Is Joe, this going to actually be on something, or are you throwing this right? No, the this is totally the whole. This is all over. This is this going to live forevermore on the internet on NFL.com and what other places download it, and on, on iTunes. And Forever I got more, tweeted Joe. today for the first time in yes, months because I put that I was going to be on with Rich Eisen. Yes, and the beauty of it there, is, even... is that I'm not known as Joe Buck on this Twitter thing. I'm known as at Joe Buck Live, which was I know the, the Artie I, Lang I know. show on HBO. <laughs> Dude, you, you should just, uh, people were sending me tweets, why are you off of Twitter? People want to know why you're off of Twitter. Why'd you, why'd you, uh, I just why'd can't you find any reason to tell people why I like vanilla mocha latte. Well, I don't do that though you don't need to do that either you don't need to do that but people want to know your opinions and if you you take a photograph of Troy before you do a, um, a broadcast and you tweet it out there that's it's a way to connect it's a way to con it's a way to connect with the fans that you don't connect with at the national car rental desk you, mean, you go well, straight to your car in the aisle you bring up a good point but I'm not doing the Havarti cheese love it no <laughs> Neither, I don't do that either. You don't have to do that. Some people do, and and I I don't understand that. It's not for. I like to I like to speak to people. It's 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 the way to get out there, and I think you should do it. You could just you could get you could change your name. It doesn't have to be at Joe Buck Live anymore. You could just change. Well, it I, I'd else. love to be able to pull that off. So research that for me. And I don't really I'll like going on, on there and just reading about how much I suck. I mean, that's just not something I enjoy. No, I mean, I get that too, but you just ignore it. It's and and you don't, you don't. You, you hate you know how good Billy. You, are, Joe. Come you on. hate Boston. You hate no, that's New true. York. You, you get hate... that a lot. You get I that know. a lot. Yeah, I get that. I, I know. I get that a lot too. But we all know you. You do really hate those places, so it's okay. Oh my God! Yeah. <laughs> if there's one thing in my career that uh, yeah. that works against me is success in big markets. <laughs> <It's right. laughs> By their teams, that's bad. I, I, oh yeah. man! Right, fine. Go, you got to wrap this up, don't you? Uh, I, I, I actually don't. I could go on for as long as I want, but I mean, you know, I, I, I you have a life, and I don't want to keep you longer from it. So well, I sorry. appreciate that, that, you coming. Right. My bathtub's almost totally filled, so I got to. <laughs> Did Peter King call me from your house? Is that what's happening? <laughs> <laughs> oh God. Joe, thanks for the time, man. Have a happy Thanksgiving to you and your family. Thanks for your time this time. Till next time, so long. That's it. That's Joe Buck of Fox signing off. Man, Joe Buck, is he hilarious or what?
one of the most talented guys you'll ever meet. Funny, cool dude. Peter King is as locked in as anybody in the NFL, and to have the two of these guys together, I'm thankful for that. And, of course, the worm. Who wouldn't be thankful for him? And I'm thankful for you guys uh, and ladies out there who download this podcast, if not for the first time today, then uh, on a uh, weekly, regular basis. Uh, I, I could not have enjoyed uh, doing it so far, and I look forward to the final stretch of the season here on the Rich Eisen podcast. And uh, it's time to sign off on this Thanksgiving edition. Uh, I want to thank uh, Sarah Yount and, uh, and uh, Matt Lathrop for doing this uh, out in Los Angeles while I'm sitting here in New York City. Thanks to Mike Del Tufo and also to Drew Allmeyer for putting that together uh, from Los Angeles and Chris Fasalo of the National Football League to, to uh, get me into my little lair here that they have built for our Team Cam NFL network system. I'm going to take a picture of, uh, of this spot here and uh, put it up on the blog, Rich Eisen. Uh, .nfl.com or uh, richeisen.com slash uh, nfl.com slash richeisen. Follow me on Twitter at richeisen. Follow the worm at worm underscore 66 uh, at si underscore Peter King and at Joe Buck Live for my other guests on Twitter. And Although Joe said he might change his name. Uh, follow me also on Facebook. Uh, Facebook.com slash richeisen. And for all of you out there, as Peter King said, do something nice for someone else at this uh, great holiday time of Thanksgiving. We'll see you next week here on the Rich Eisen Podcast presented by Papa John's.